The unfortunate answer is it's not a magic pill in the sense of we still have to do the work to get through it. And so sometimes that's through fatigue and thirst and through sadness and crying for three days to reach the other side. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 221 of the Biohacker Babes. My name is Lauren. I'm tuning in from New York City today, joined by my sister across the country in Las Vegas. Welcome, Renee Bells. Hello. Good to see you. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. So we are talking about some microdosing, some mindset and behavioral change. We're bringing on my fellow FDN mycology psychology practitioner and friend, Torea, also a biohacker. And we align and just like nerd out on all of this ancestral practices and really helping clients to thrive. She's been in the space for a really long time and she is my research guru. Like when when my mind is like, I can't read anymore, she'll go there. So <laughs> she is a well-tapped resource for um, like fully fleshing out uh, the latest research and truly understanding the brain. So really excited to bring this conversation because I think it's really relevant. She always brings it back to like real world experiences and how this it interplays with our daily behaviors and challenges. So yeah, Terea Rodriguez, bringing her on soon. Yeah, I loved her. I'm so glad that you introduced me to her. Today's episode was was great. And you know, I want to share my big takeaway, but I think the whole episode was my takeaway. I really I like <laughs> I am actually I'm excited to go back and listen to it again. But Maybe to pick one thing, I think the idea of having a disruptor when we are in this vicious cycle of someone, you know, fatigued, depressed, I can't change my diet, I can't go to the gym, I hate my body, I'm la 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 la. How do we disrupt that? And she gave a couple great tips for how to do that. And I think once you can disrupt, you can create that new loop, the new, you know, programming in your brain, just so much potential there. But that was really, mm-hmm. really cool. Yes. So think some things to look forward to. The pattern interrupt, how to do that. Benefits of sunshine beyond what we know and read about daily. And how to know if microdosing is right for you and how to get started in that journey if your interest is peaked. So lots of fun stuff ahead. But let me tell you more about Terea. Terea has embodied transformation and self Discovery. She's worked at some of the leading dot com Silicon Valley companies, has held executive positions, and she used to be a professional pilot flying jets for private families and charter companies out of the San Francisco Bay Area. Her diagnosis of two debilitating autoimmune diseases brought her back to her biochemistry, not only achieving full remission, but also into her certification as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. During that time, she discovered her love of coaching and the process of transformation. Today, Terea is an expert coach, wilderness retreat leader, and former professional pilot. 
She's been a functional medicine practitioner for more than a decade, and she works with clients all over the world to support and help reverse chronic illness and put symptoms into remission. If you want to learn more about Terea, scroll down. We have all kinds of show notes. You can go to her website and read her entire bio and all the wonderful things that she is offering and giving to the world. So on that note, let's fly right in. Okay. Welcome, Terea, to the Biohacker Babes. I am so excited to be here. And this is amazing. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for joining us. I yeah. Sometimes we extend like the honorary babe title when we have like a female like aligned trio and I feel like we are all very aligned so you're Thank you're a babe you, for today you're always Yay. a babe but you're you're a BB so specifically good. today love it <laughs> thank you so much yeah so we met through mycology psychology I actually hired you to do some microdosing integration work because when I came onto the mycology into the mycology network yes I wanted to experience how people were using microdosing, but through the functional lens. And so we have similar backgrounds through FDN and now the microdosing experience, but you're also experienced in NLP and psychoneuroimmunology. Yep. Love that word, but yes, so many letters. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. So really excited to talk about not just psychedelics, but behavioral change and like real, true, lasting change for people. There's so many people that are suffering and they're looking for real solutions. And, you know, psychedelics is kind of the big titillizing, tantalizing candy solution. It's the the headline thing right now, for sure. It's the headline. Yeah. But as we were speaking about about before we hit record, a lot of people are missing the basics and Mm -hmm. we can't pay for the basics. You can't pay for sunshine. And there's a lot of missed opportunities there. So I am excited to just kind of drop into your psyche today and and hear your current opinions, thoughts, fascinations with what we're missing in in that regard, if we are trying to embark on a psychedelic journey. Yeah. Thank you. I think, you know, just thinking about my practice over the last decade and the kinds of clients that I've been working with with chronic illness through FDN and everything else, there was a big focus early on for me that was just on the biological body and the biochemistry and doing the labs and trying to do the gut protocols and the hormone protocols and really addressing it from there. But it was those clients who got like 80% of the way, but then kind of plateaued that I was really curious about because it was like, do we do another protocol? Like what's missing here? Did I miss something? And what I started to recognize was missing was the mental aspect, right? Of what's going on in the mind and our mindset. So I got very focused on mindset work and uh, that kind of thing. But then I discovered psychoneuroimmunology, which is my favorite word. And if you like spell it out, it like it's so long on the page. I love it. Um, yeah. But psychoneuroimmunology is a branch of science that's really looking at what is going on in the mind and how is that having a downward cascade in terms of neurotransmitters, cytokines, hormones, et cetera, and how is that having an effect on how the cells and organs are operating, how our immune system is operating. And that is really where I got super fascinated because we know now stress and stressful thoughts and all of those things that we can ruminate on over and over actually downregulates the genes in our immune system. 
So working with chronic illness patients, when we start to look at what's going on in the mind, we start to begin to have a relationship to our illness, or even if it's been going on for a long time, it can actually seed into the identity. Like somebody can say, hi, I I have MS or hi, I have Lyme disease. Therefore, that means I can't do blah, 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 blah. Right. So it, then if we start looking at it from the identity perspective, how much of that mind thought pattern is actually keeping their immune system downregulated because they're constantly thinking, oh, I can't. Oh, I'm broken. I need I'm there's something wrong with me forever. And so I started really working with clients in this space of how can we start to shift this so that we can start to really boost that immune system so that they can start to become more resilient and start to shift themselves. And there's been another study done where they showed that people who are practicing gratitude for 10 minutes a day, just like really feeling grateful for something in the moment, their secretory IgA levels went up fourfold, fourfold. (laughs) We don't have a drug that does that right? There's no drug that will bring up secretory IgA fourfold. And so when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So I started working with gratitude practice with my clients, myself, and lo and behold, we start seeing secretory IgA coming up, which is amazing. So it's those kinds of things that really got me fascinated on what's going on in the mind and how that's having an effect on our biology and our body and our health and our wellness. And um, that got me straight into neuroscience and got me into quantum biology and all those other things I've been obsessing about ever since. So cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Drea goes down the hole deep. We were talking about this the other day. She's Uh like, gets curious about something and it will be fully the rabbit hole. Oh yeah. I have a serious question. Yeah. If you need me to go do your PubMed research, just give me a question. And I am so happy just going in there, reading all of the research articles and papers and all of it. So yeah. Okay. Please send us some of the gratitude research because we did a presentation and added this piece and we were like, oh God, there's not a ton of research that we were finding, but like, it's just so clear to us that this plays such a pivotal role, but that very direct connection with the immune system is insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> we're starting to really understand now that the, the mind will have this like chemical cascade. Right. And then we feel an emotion and I'm, this is my own theory. This I've not read anything, but my own theory is like, Oh, I wonder if the emotion, like what I'm feeling in the body when I'm feeling gratitude, like, is that just a representation of like the chemical messengers in the heart area? I'm not sure. That's my own thing. But what happens is we have this emotion and this feeling from that chemical messenger standpoint. And the brain, of course, is always monitoring the body, right? And so it it notices, oh, there's this feeling going on in the body. And so it has this continuous loop where it's like, oh, you're feeling that emotion. Let me give you some more thoughts so that we can continue this chemical messenger scenario that's going on. So we have this thought, we have a feeling, the feeling produces more thoughts that produces more of the same feeling. And now you can see how people get into ruts of depression and anxiety, right? 
Yeah, it's like a feedback oh, loop. It's a, it's a huge feedback loop. So if we're not breaking that connection down, or if we're not actually putting some kind of interrupt into that thought process, then that can become something that can be programmed into the subconscious mind or some people are uh, talking about it from a default mode network standpoint in the brain. Like that is how we pattern stuff in. And so mm-hmm. that's where I've gotten super uh, focused with my clients in terms of what is being patterned and getting them to be consciously aware of what those thoughts actually are. Because half the time we're walking around the planet and that noise is going on and we're not really paying attention, but guess what? The body is paying attention. Mm-hmm. Always right. listening. Always listening. Always listening. Yeah. Always. So for an example, I'm thinking of someone I know who has really bad depression. Their health isn't doing well, but when they're not doing well health-wise, they get a lot of love and compassion from those around them. So maybe that reinforces the unhealthy side of things. And then they try and do a gratitude journal and that lasts for two days and then they're depressed. So they stop doing it. And what is the disruptor? You said like you have to find something to disrupt that cycle. Is that mushrooms? Is that could be? Could yeah, be? could be, could be okay. for sure. I mean, pattern interrupts are a really great way to disrupt the cycle, and there's a number of different ways that we can do pattern interrupts. What's really interesting about that example that you gave, Renee, is they they have secondary gain going on. They have, they are getting attention. And I used to be this way too. When I had chronic illness, it was the time where people would take care of me is when I was chronically ill. And so in a way it's like, Ooh, I'm getting love and attention from people. And it's not like we're intentionally setting out for that to be, but that is something that's happening. So they're getting rewarded in that way. So, you know, being aware of what that secondary gain is takes some courage to look at because it it can be embarrassing that we've been doing that. Um, I don't think that anybody is intentionally going out for secondary gain, but once we're aware of it, the coolest thing about awareness is that it's a pivot point. The days are numbered once we become aware of it. And so then we can start to notice like, okay, that's how I start coaching my clients in terms of how else can you get this love and attention from the people around you that isn't in the area of you being ill? And that's mm. that's an interesting question. Like, is what is that dynamic there? And how can how can we love ourselves in a way that we can get that love and attention? That's also very important is this whole self-love, self-compassion piece of it. But then also, you know, how can we shift that around? But pattern interrupts can be very simple. The one thing that I love the most is using language because language is super um, impactful on our neurology, but we don't really talk about it enough. Like not a lot of people really talk about it. So if we're looking at our language, sometimes we can use language as a pattern interrupt with ourselves of, you know, recognizing a dynamic with, say, a partner. And um, what was the example that I gave to a client the other day? It was um, a partner would get into an 
like an argument around the dishes, which seems really trite, but this is how this stuff works, right? So they get into an argument around the dishes because every time they would ask their partner about unloading the dishwasher, the partner would respond in a very like snippy or defensive way. And then that would trigger the client to be frustrated and sad about it right? So can we use language to interrupt that conversation? So the suggestion that we came up with was instead of asking your partner, hey, have you unloaded the dishwasher? Ask them, hey, did you take the coyote out of the dishwasher? And they're like, what? What? (laughs) And it's totally nonsensical and random. And it's done that for a purpose because the partner had to do a double take of what they were saying. But that was the first time they didn't get met with snippy. And, uh-huh. you know, upset, right? So it's yeah. like, then th- then the client could then feel something different and interrupt that pattern. So we can use language in that way to really wow. do an interrupt. We can also do just like unexpected, sudden actions. A simple like hand on a shoulder can be enough to like interrupt, using touch can interrupt the way that those patterns are happening. So the more that we like interrupt that, the we're kind of putting scratches in the record, right? And then we'll get more and more skips in the record and we can't play it anymore. So mm. Ooh, like great that analogy. Sense? Yeah, yeah, great analogy. And yeah, that's okay. The coyote out of the dishwasher. Random. It's kind of but... like a safe word, plus a little humor. <laughs> and yes, pattern yeah. it's interruption. I think yeah, um, that's so essential. But creating that transition where we step away from seeking love outside of ourselves. Like self-compassion feels like the elephant in the room. So I love that pattern interrupt, but it, it feels really essential to have some other players in the space, yeah. having that community, loved ones. So really stating our needs. How do you address yeah. that? Like bringing community support or family or friends into it and and knowing that like we probably can't and really shouldn't do this alone. Mm, that's a really um, Pandora's box kind of question there, Lauren. <laughs> yes. Um all this I think yeah right it's also interconnected that we could go a million different directions but you know I think part of for a long time I worked primarily with women with chronic illness and uh, there were definitely some themes right women have been routinely minimized and told to be quiet and polite and all of those things and so there it's not uncommon for a woman to not be able to speak her truth and you know feel like it's unsafe to do so and so in those cases is when we start practicing just writing things down right doesn't mean that you have to speak it out loud but at least starting to have that conversation with somebody is really helpful whether that be a coach or a therapist or whatever that can really help start to break that pattern of keeping quiet and keeping it inside And the more that they can start to write things out and be more comfortable with the words that they're using, then eventually what that will translate to is being comfortable expressing themselves to other people and then to a partner, for example. And then we can start work on work, working on voicing one's needs. But if they don't know what their own needs are because they've suppressed that for so long, it that's where we kind of need to start is like identifying what those are and then internalizing them and putting them on the page and transmuting them out of the body and the mind and onto a piece of paper and then out to other people. So that's how I would address 
that kind of piece. But what I've noticed from a self-compassion piece, this is like one of the gems of all gems of transformation and healing is when we can start to be compassionate towards ourselves. Because I was talking about those stressful thoughts before and how they're like downregulating the genes of the immune system. Those stressful thoughts include the self-deprecating thoughts. <laughs> Which Mm -hmm. how many of us have been like in an inner monologue going, oh, God, you jerk. Like, why did you do that? Right. And that is Mm -hmm. the piece, like becoming aware of what those self-deprecating thoughts are and then starting to question them to put some doubt in there. Because the moment we put doubt in it, then it's like, oh, I don't know. Is that really true? I don't know if I need to continue this entire thought spiral into I'm such a piece of shit. I don't deserve to be on the planet. Mm, yeah. Oh. And thoughts become proteins. That's that's so powerful. Yeah. I don't remember how or why I started doing this, but what Renee and I have talked about it. I used to be that inner critic very aggressively and harshly. And so I used an interrupt of laughter. Like yes. if I tripped or dropped something or, you know, sometimes I dropped the soap in the shower. Like I just laugh at myself where I used to be like, ah, damn, like who knows what kind of words and sounds would come out. And now I laugh and it's just so easy to get right back into the flow where the negativity can just so quickly take a right turn and there's no coming back at all. I love that you're using laughter because another like uh, category of like pattern interrupts is the way that we use our voice or the way that we have facial expressions or our physical body posture has a big impact on our biochemistry. And if we can shift our biochemistry just through our body posture, like that can be that pattern interrupt. So if you're you're finding yourself in that, like getting self-critical because you dropped the soap in the shower, then, you know, immediately standing in a superwoman pose is going to completely interrupt that because now you're interjecting the feeling and biochemistry of confidence. And that doesn't align with Wow, you're a piece of jerk. You're a jerk because you dropped the soap in the shower. I, you're, whatever you're you were jerk saying. That. <laughs> yeah. 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 You get the idea. Like we yeah. can use yeah. our physical body as a pattern interrupt. And so sometimes when I'm working with clients and habits around breaking these cycles of thought patterns, it's like when you become aware that it's happening. I don't care. Get up from what you're doing and go for a walk outside. Like that is going to be enough of a pattern interrupt for you to stop that pattern in its tracks and it'll become less and less efficient in the brain. And then the brain is going to start to go towards the other stuff that we're practicing, which is installing the new habits and new thoughts. Yeah. 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 I love what you said about the body language and confidence. When I, one of my first jobs out of college, I was terrified. I was one of the youngest people. I didn't really feel like I deserved to be there. I went shopping. I bought all these new dresses, new heels. I showed up and I loved how I looked. And man, I stood taller. I crushed it. I felt good. Like, I mean, total game changer just by dressing in a way that made me feel more confident. Yeah, and, I, and that's just one <laughs> new costume. <laughs> new costume, sure. Yeah, 
Anyways, yeah, yeah, it's amazing those that. things that we can do. And, um, you know, I was so fortunate simple. to watch uh, Amy Cuddy speak on stage. I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Amy Cuddy is. The um, name sounds familiar. She has a famous TED talk about this specifically around confidence and body right. posture and confidence and how, you know, the body postures of us, like if you imagine, right, with a device, we're like uh, hunched over and, you know, typing. And But when we are feeling depressed and down on ourselves, our shoulders are rounded, right? Our head is down a little bit. And so, but when we are feeling confident, our chin is up a little bit, our shoulders are back, right? So just those very simple movements, you can feel it in the body. Like if you hunch over, it's like, ooh, I don't know. But if you're like standing up straight, it feels great. So it's finding those little nuances so that people can recognize and be aware of how much of our biochemistry are we actually shifting through just even the way that our posture is or our movement is. And that can be enough of an interrupt because of course we're all on devices all day long. Right. So, but if we're hunched over all the time and we're getting like that massive dopamine hit from scrolling through social media, it's no, it's no wonder that our neurotransmitters are like wonky. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and movement's a great one too. Like if I, if I have a day where I don't know, I get a couple annoying emails in a row or something in my head, just it starts going that direction. I will just go outside and walk around my neighborhood one lap in the sun. And then it's like That's a restart. Percent. Totally. It's a restart. Otherwise, I'd ha- I would have to go to bed and sleep and start the next day. <laughs> but right. that can just break it up. Yeah. It can be an instant restart instant. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sunshine is probably the number one interrupt. And Oh. And beneficial so far beyond that. And I think the narrative is finally kind of shifting around sunshine, not being bad. If anything, it is hugely beneficial, but that is a great Sunsh- trick. To yeah. Step outside. Sunshine is, it's one of those quantum biology things that is, I've known it for a while that sunshine feels amazing and it's beneficial for the body. Um, but I didn't realize from a scientific standpoint, like how much of an effect it has on our hormone balance and our sleep and our energy and our vitamin D production in the skin and our immune system. And like, I could go on and on and on about sunshine. And it is the one thing that I think if anybody's looking for like a major hack, Sunshine is it because it like checks off six different, six or seven different boxes. I don't even know mm-hmm. how many it is, mm-hmm. but it checks off a lot of boxes. And I'm always looking for where can I double dip, right? Where can I do one thing that's going to have an effect on multiple things? Sunshine is it. And morning sunshine yeah. is really huge. The most important. Hey, biohackers, are you ready to supercharge your wellness routine? Well, let me please introduce you to Coast, the next level wellness drink built for your modern, busy life. You've probably seen Renee and I post our Coast on social media anytime we are traveling or after a night of socializing. It's just one of those essentials that's always in our go bag. But what is it? Coast is designed to improve our recovery, enhance athletic performance, and optimize our cellular health. Life stressors like work, exercise, late nights, jet lag, both travel and social, and even an occasional cocktail can leave our bodies seriously overworked. 
This is where Coast comes in to save the day. It's available in two convenient forms, a quick and easy drinkable shot or a powdered packet you can mix easily into your water. Really, it's so perfect when you're on the go. Now, this isn't your basic lemon and ginger shot that you can get at your organic market. Coast is the first advanced wellness shot that we know of created by a cancer researcher using science-backed literature to keep us healthy and feeling amazing. It's the only all-in-one drink that combines cutting-edge ingredients like an NAD precursor, glutathione boosters, along with other essentials like antioxidants and vitamins. It is the ultimate solution to flush out toxins, replenish lost nutrients, and repair our cells. Speaking of NAD, it is a crucial component for keeping our cells healthy and functioning optimally. But as we age or when our body is metabolizing alcohol and stress, NAD levels get depleted rapidly. So Coast steps in to save the day and boosts our production of NAD so we can maintain peak performance and homeostasis by supporting two different detoxification pathways. Really, it's just making it so efficient to get us back on track. The best part? Coast has zero sugar and never includes artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. Okay, are you ready to experience the difference with Coast? If so, use code BIOHACKERBABES for an exclusive 15% discount at coastdrink.com. That is code BIOHACKERBABES. Do not miss out on this chance to transform your wellness routine, especially as we head into the holidays with more travel, stress, alcohol, ugh, all the things. Coast is here to save the day. All right, biohackers, let's get back to the show. Yeah. yeah. And it's free. And it's, it's totally free. free. Totally know, free. We're... You can't pay for sunshine. We're not going to make money off of this recommendation, everyone. Okay. There's <laughs> no disclaimer. No kickback. Nope, not at all. Yeah. Sunshine. I, it's interesting <laughs> because, you know, I talk about it a lot. I talk about it on social media and talk about it with my clients. Like, and people are like, why is she going in the sun in the morning all the time? Like, that's all she posts about. But it's like, I keep saying it over and over because we have, we live in a uh, consumer, is it capitalism? I don't even know what kind of yeah, society yeah, we're in. I would say. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. We're driven by money, right? So we yeah, value yeah. things that we pay money for. Mm-hmm. We don't pay money for sunshine. It just rises and it's there. So we kind of ignore it as a thing. And we've become so disconnected from nature as a society in the Western world that we're not actually spending time being in the presence of the different wavelengths and the photons that are coming from the sun that have such a huge impact on how our overall physical body operates. And I think that is one of those things that's incredibly overlooked. And people are very aware in the winter of like, oh, yeah, I get really depressed in the winter. It's like, well, yeah, because you spend your summer indoors, right? Mm-hmm. And we mm. spend our winters indoors and we're behind glass that is filtering out the harmful UV rays, which is great because I don't want to get sunburned sitting next to the window every day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we need that full spectrum of wavelength of the sun to be able to kick off all of these different processes within the body so that we can have a whole, well, vibrant, energetic restful body. And I think it's one of the things that is just totally underrated and people don't talk about it enough. So I talk about it every day. Yeah. Welcome to the broken record team. We got (laughs) to keep resetting. That's right. Um, Well, this is timely because we're heading towards winter. The days are shorter and we're about to go through 
another time change. So this will be coming Mm -hmm. out a little after, but we're like, for most people, we're entering that sad phase. Yep. So what are your recommendations? And the end goal here is to talk about psychedelics, but we have to cover like these basic things where some people- No, we totally do. Like the people skip over the basics. So when sunshine- kind of goes away if you're especially above the 37th parallel people are waking up in the dark mm-hmm. give us your best solutions yeah so um this is a creative time of year meaning you might need to get creative with your schedule you might have to get up do some of your other things shower eat breakfast etc but then when the sun is coming up take advantage go outside have your cup of coffee Right. So change up your morning routine as much as you can to try and get that. If that is not something that you can do, then you can get there are a couple different uh, lamps that have been created now that try and have as full spectrum as possible of mimicking sunlight as much as they can. I have one right in front of me that I have on because it's nice. It fills up for, you know, a video call, but uh, I use that a lot in the winter to just supplement and help keep my uh, sleep schedule pretty much the same because now that I am so tuned in to the sun and everything else, like the sun goes down at six and I'm like, okay, it's time to go to bed. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like going to bed at seven o'clock at night. Like this is kind of nuts. So I'm trying to use it to help regulate that piece of it too. But, you know, if you have to get a hold of one of these light bulbs or lamps that does provide as much of that full spectrum. But honestly, like if you can just shift your schedule around to get that morning sunrise time, 20 minutes maximum, like you don't need a lot. Or if you are living in Alaska, for example, my best friend, she lives in Alaska and in the wintertime, sun comes up at 10 and goes down at two. So it's an extreme kind of thing. So they in Alaska will make a point like every day at noon, they are out cross country skiing, snowshoeing, whatever they have to do to be outside at high noon to get as much of that sunlight in as possible. And almost everybody I know up in Alaska also supplements with a lamp because mm-hmm. of it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, depending Makes upon sense. how far north you live um, and how susceptible you are, you might want to invest in a lamp. Otherwise, get creative, shift around your routine so that you can get out and get that time. Because uh, of course, I rabbit hold this too. So uh, University of Washington did a, released a study last year where they were studying the visual uh, circuit in the brain that was perceiving the sunlight. And they were trying to figure out like how it was affecting the circadian rhythm. And uh, long story short, they discovered that it's not just particular wavelengths. It is actually the change of the gradient over time that is triggering the circadian rhythms in the body. So it's su- like all the lamps that we have that are the best of the best are still not even coming close. We're getting there, but it's not even close. So if you can get out during that time of change as the sun comes up and gets brighter, that is the biggest trigger for circadian rhythms because of the gradient change. Right. I have heard that. So yeah, the sunrise and the sunset, um, Mm -hmm. that change. Oh, that's hard. It is hard. I can do sunset. (laughs) 
<laughs> and for some people, it's it's hard to get up in the morning around the sun. And so, but here's what we know with circadian rhythm entrainment is that the more you do it, the easier right. it will be to get up earlier and earlier, which is kind of a cool trick if you think about it, because if you're changing time zones, if you are starting to do that work ahead of time, before you get on a jet to go across time zones, it's actually going to be easier for you. So you can use it in to your advantage. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hey there, all you sleep seekers, night owls, and restless sleepers. Are you tired of tossing and turning at night? Struggling to catch those elusive Zs? Well, we've got some exciting news for you. Introducing Tro-Z by Transcriptions, your ticket to the most rejuvenating sleep imaginable. Tro-Z is not your ordinary sleep aid. It's a precision-dosed, pharmaceutical-grade, and physician-formulated buccal trochee that's here to transform your nights. It's carefully calibrated to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up feeling revitalized and ready to conquer your day. I have personally tested this sleep trochee, and oh my goodness, I experienced the deepest night of sleep. So what's the secret behind Trozia's sleep-inducing magic? Well, let's dive into some of the incredible ingredients that make it all possible. And I apologize if I don't pronounce all of them correctly, because these are some really, truly novel ingredients. All right, so first up, we have honokiol, which aids sleep through GABA receptors, ensuring you can relax and turn your busy brain off. Musimol, derived from the fly agaric mushroom, is next on the list. But don't worry, in the tiny doses they're using, there are no psychedelic effects, just pure sleep magic. CBN and CBD, you've probably heard of. These sleep titans make an appearance as well. And these powerhouses play a crucial role in the GABA and endocannabinoid systems, decreasing stress and optimizing sleep architecture. 5-HTP is here to ensure you keep sleeping soundly. It supports serotonin and maintains sleep, guaranteeing you're well-rested for the day ahead. No more groggy mornings. <laughs> Adenosine, a champion of sleep induction, this steps in to help as well. If you've ever struggled to close those eyelids, especially after a cup of coffee, this ingredient is here to your rescue. And don't forget about cordycipin, derived from a mushroom. This versatile compound improves deep, restorative sleep and enhances your immune system. Last but not least, we have the sleep superstar melatonin. It helps you fall into a deep slumber and stay there. So no more clock watching at 3 a.m. Each ingredient of Trozy was meticulously selected, not just for its individual merit, but also for how they synergize, really ensuring you're getting the most rejuvenating sleep imaginable. So if you are ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and embrace the rejuvenating power of Tro-Z, head over to troscriptions.com and use discount code biohackerbabes to save 10%. Your dreamy nights and energetic mornings are just a trochee away. Yeah, I mean, I do a decent amount of travel from West Coast to East Coast with, since I live on the West Coast, all my family is on the East Coast. And the times that I really like prepare for the time change, mm-hmm. I feel so much better when I get there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Hands down. Yeah. Makes such a difference. Just yep. trying to go to bed a little bit earlier, wake up a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Just a yeah. little prep work. Yeah. We're yeah. all capable. We are. <laughs> We are. Yeah. It just takes yeah. a little bit of practice. And I mean, what's what's kind of cool about it is that the earlier you get that exposure, right, that kind of kicks off a 12-hour clock, if you will. It's not exact, but it's about 12 hours. That's when the body starts to produce melatonin. So this is why sunrise light is so important because it's also influencing our melatonin production. And 
that's the timer for the melatonin production. So mm-hmm. the earlier you get up and have that sunrise exposure, guess what? The earlier your melatonin production will kick in, which mm-hmm. helps you fall asleep earlier. So those people who are like, oh my gosh, it's so hard to shift. I always start them with the morning shift as opposed to saying, oh, just go to bed earlier. Cause that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. not when your mind is running. Piece. Not <laughs> no. at all. You gotta yeah. start preparing for sleep when we wake up. That's right. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, So the both of us do a lot of screening calls for microdosing. Yes, we do. And what I've found a lot of the times we have this really amazing solution said microdosing, Mm -hmm. but the behaviors and the lifestyle and nutrition pieces are really not in place. And so there's so much work to be done ahead of time. I mean, this leads into what we were just talking about in terms of sunshine, but what are the other like really big pieces or maybe low hanging fruit do you think are not talked about often enough in the psychedelic space? Mm, again, with the Pandora's box questions, this is awesome. Um, we could be here all day talking about this, but I think, you know, if we're not covering the basics from a health perspective, it's going to be really hard to get the brain on board. So thinking about it from a, what are the types of things that we are taking in from a nutrition standpoint that helps support the brain. Well, shocker, you know, a whole foods-based diet that has plenty of polyphenols in it and lots of different colors and lots of fiber, right? That is the kind of stuff that supports the brain the most. So if we're not eating in that way, or if we're taking in too much sugar and we're our body is unable to shift into ketosis, and be able to go back and forth between burning carbs and burning fat, then the brain's not going to be able to function very well. So, you know, from a diet standpoint, that is something that's often overlooked. And of course, we're in this system now with psychiatrists and psychologists have their lane and nutritionists have their lane. And God forbid you cross over between the two, right? So the people aren't making these recommendations yet we have like crossed over a lot of this stuff in, in our profession. So now it's like, oh, but we have to talk about the diet piece. So I think really focusing in on how people are fueling themselves is a really important conversation. And then uh, more importantly, not more, but just as importantly, electrolytes and hydration. Because every single nerve cell, when we are firing across a synapse, we are using sodium, potassium, and calcium. That is how our synapses work. And if we don't have enough of that in the body and enough of that mineral content in the body, of course, our brain isn't going to function well. Of course, we're going to have brain fog. Of course, it's going to you know, go down the most efficient pathway because it can't fire any more synapses. So if we're not really looking at those basics from the hydration standpoint and a food standpoint, we're really missing the mark. And then if you want to take it a little bit layer deeper, we got to look at gut microbiome because the gut microbiome, there's a whole portion of the gut microbiome that is now called the psychobiome right? Which is which of these microbes are actually helping us generate the neurotransmitters. Like most of the serotonin we create, we create it in the gut through our microbiome. So if that's not in a really good state, then of course there's going to be issues with anxiety and depression and everything else. So we kind of have to look at both the in a true psychoneuroimmunology standpoint, like what is going on in the mind and how is that 
a result of what's been happening in the body, which for a lot of people on a standard American diet, not getting out and moving that much, not getting any sunlight and not drinking enough water, let alone water with electrolytes in it, they're depleted. Of course, their brain's depleted. It's just a reflection on what's going on in the body. Yeah. Yeah. And then how well will psychedelics work if we're not doing that? It's like, I need mushrooms. No, you need water. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. And I'm not sure if you've noticed this, Lauren, maybe this has come up for you, but a lot of my clients who start microdosing the first couple days, they're like, is it normal to be this thirsty? Yep. And I start to ask uh-huh. them like, okay, well, let's look at your hydration status. And are you using electrolytes? And lo and behold, they're drinking like maybe two cups of water a day, mm-hmm. no electrolytes. And mm-hmm. they're getting the rest of their fluids through food or coffee. And no, uh, yes, that's normal. Okay, let's fix the hydration status. And then that goes away. And then they can start to get the benefit of the microdosing. What's up, biohackers? We've got some thrilling news to share with you. The Buy Optimizers Black Friday mega sale is in full swing. And guess what? It's not just a one-day thing. It is happening through the entire month of November. This deal is available only for our listeners. Yep, you heard right. It is our little secret. Now, you already know that we have unwavering trust in Buy Optimizers. These guys are the real deal when it comes to improving digestion and ultimate magnesium absorption amongst many other amazing products. Plus, they back up their product line with an impressive 365-day money-back guarantee, no questions asked. Before we move into the cold, dreary months, you'll definitely want to stock up on BiOptimizer's goodness that will support your system through all the holiday madness. Trust me when I say this, you will not find a better Black Friday deal anywhere else, not even on the mighty Amazon. And side note, please don't buy your supplements on Amazon. The biggest discount you can get and amazing gifts with purchase are available only on our page at buyoptimizers.com backslash biohackerbabes with code biohackerbabes10. We all have those never-ending Black Friday wish lists, but this year it may be more important than ever to put your health at the top of that list. Instead of those impulse purchases, let's focus on what really matters for you and your entire family. This Black Friday is all about priorities. And if you are ready to gift yourself and your loved ones the gift that keeps on giving, head over to buyoptimizers.com backslash biohackerbabes and enter code biohackerbabes10 at checkout. That's buyoptimizers.com backslash biohackerbabes with code biohackerbabes10. You will find digestive enzymes, glucose support, sleep support, magnesium, immune support, and more. Do not miss out on this mega deal. But let's keep the secret between us, okay? All right, biohackers, let's get back to the show. Does that happen mm-hmm. for you too? Are you finding a lot of clients come to you? Oh, yeah. It like turns on these instinctual drives to do the things that we should be doing. But what, what do you mm-hmm. think like from a neurology standpoint is actually happening? Uh, great question. Other because than I, I really feel like it just gets you into a more instinctual place. Where you're like, oh, that makes yeah, sense. I think- what what's really interesting about the way that the psychedelics are working, or at least the serotonergic ones, is that they're allowing other networks in the brain to start communicating m- more effectively. And so because of that, I think that we can become more aware of our physical body state. So the other common thing, complaint, if you will, starting microdosing that I get is, wow, I'm really tired. <laughs> 
right? And then we start digging into like, okay, well, when do you rest? Oh, but I don't, right? It's like, I've got two kids and I've got a job and, you know, I I don't really have time to rest. And like, well, that's kind of a problem. We need to be able to rest, right? So I think because these extra networks are able to communicate a little bit better, we now can listen to our body a little bit more because I think those signals become exaggerated in a way. Because we've gotten so busy and used to like ignoring all of those. How many times have we ignored the fact that we're hungry, have to pee, and we're tired, right? Like we ignore that a lot. And so we get that patterned in as a way of ignoring what's going on in the body. And I think when people are starting the microdosing and they're starting to get those signals again, they're starting to get that communication from the body. And mm-hmm. from there, we can start to really pay attention to what needs to be addressed first. And I think usually what shows up is what's most critical, to be quite honest. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. powerful. Okay. Especially the fatigue part. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always think that's so valuable. I feel tired. Great. Let's lean into that. Let's listen to that. Let's actually finally rest. I had a, a higher dose journey where the entire lesson from that journey was you need to sleep for all of the years of sleep deficits, like just mm. lay here on this mat for five hours and rest. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Noted. Yeah. I heard, I heard it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I had a journey once where I just, I, not major, um, I think like 1.8 and I just wanted to sleep. And I told my husband that I was like, I just want to sleep right now. He's like, you can't sleep right now. You have to hang out with me. And I'm like, <laughs> my body wants to sleep. I don't know why. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Valuable. I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't really listen to that clearly. Yeah. I, heard, I heard it, but I didn't listen to it. So mm. yep. interesting. it's interesting because, you know, a, a lot of times in the biohacking world, right, we get these devices that are giving us feedback. The aura ring is giving us feedback. I'm experimenting right now with a lumen device and it's giving me feedback. And the last couple of days with the Lumen device, it's been giving me feedback and telling me, hey, you should really do this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. I think I'm going to wait. Right. And it's yeah. it's been really interesting to observe myself of like, ooh, I don't know if I want to do that. And maybe, maybe I should continue doing what I'm doing, which obviously is the stuff that doesn't work. Right. So it's like, interesting that we do that with our own biology, that we ignore our own biology. And then when we start using plant medicine in this way, all of a sudden we can get attuned to a lot of these bodily feedback signals, right? It's the same kind of biofeedback, but it's not a device. Now it's like the actual body is trying to talk to us. And I do think sometimes that the most poignant stuff is the stuff that comes into our awareness first. Like this is the linchpin that we need to work on so that we can clear that out so that we can focus on some other things. And there is that mystical quality to the psychedelics. And I often wonder, like, is it allowing our subconscious to come through a little bit more? And I think I think that is the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so if these psychedelics are letting our subconscious speak, saying we're tired, we're anxious, we're depressed, we're thirsty, we're hungry, how do you? We're selling it. Huh? We're really uh, selling it, uh, uh, right? It's like, oh, guess what? Yeah. It's not unicorns and rainbows. It's three days of crying. Oh, yeah. okay. But I, I mean, think people need to understand that this is kind of the experience, right? 
But, yes. but yeah. this is why you need to work with a coach, like one of you, right? I mean, 100%. I think most people would, that would come up and they would maybe get frustrated or just annoyed this and isn't not want to continue. I'm yeah. putting it on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. So just emphasizing the importance of having a coach and then of course, you know, integration, like what does that all mean and how do we incorporate that? Yeah. Yeah. I would just say I've had a high percentage of people coming to me for discovery calls that have already tried it and it was not a good Mm -hmm. experience. And I'm so Mm -hmm. glad that they are open to a second experience, but yeah, it's so critical. Like the differences are so vast between being intentional, having the support of a coach, getting the right source of medicine that's clean and also specific to your intention, which I think is like the coolest thing about mycology because we could use a mushroom that spirals someone more into anxiety and what good are we doing there? Right. So it has to be so specific. It does. And it's really, um, you know, when I'm doing these discovery calls, I'm always asking them to describe like, what are you experiencing right now? Like, where do you feel like you're stuck? And what is that state of being? I want to get a good understanding of like, what is their physical body experiencing? And what is, what moods are they stuck in? And then I always ask a question of what do you want to experience instead? And that answer of the other side is so important for me to guide them as to which blend to use, because the blends have these different qualities to them. And if we give them a blend that's only going to uh, enhance the quality that they're already in, we we run r- this risk of getting into that, like, it's not going to work for me, or it's not a good experience. Mm-hmm. And just knowing what I know about neuroplasticity, and that we're introducing the state of neuroplasticity with these kinds of natural medicines, we got to be really, really careful because if we pattern in the same old stuff, we are pouring concrete on it and it's going to cement it in. And what we really want is we want them to practice almost the polar opposite mm-hmm. so that they can pattern that in and have that move into the the subconscious or move into the default mode network autopilot type function of the brain. So it's really important to work with somebody to have that kind of consultation to understand like what blend and strains do I start working with? And then from there, when the uncomfortable stuff comes up or the like, I'm tired all the time and I'm too busy to be tired all the time. Well, let's look at that. Right. And really the, the, the unfortunate answer is it's not a magic pill. I know it's a magic pill and we talk and it's magic mushrooms, right? And we're talking about it in that way, but it's not a magic pill in the sense of we still have to do the work to get through it. There is no like skirting around it and avoiding mm-hmm. it. You mm-hmm. actually have to get through it. And so sometimes that's through fatigue and through thirst and through sadness and crying for three days. And, Mm -hmm. you know, getting through that point to reach the other side. I've been on the Mm -hmm. planet long enough to know that all of my best memories are all of those adventures that did not go to plan, right? The ones that went to plan, I don't remember those. I don't talk about those. Those aren't the ones that are like joyful memories. It is the ones where we went out into the backcountry and we got hit by a storm and we got a flat tire and we had to dig ourselves out and yeah. we were soaked cold and shivering the whole time. But man, that was amazing, right? 
Yes. yes, That's exactly what (laughs) working with this kind of natural medicine is like, is like, sometimes we have to go through the muck and the rainstorm. Oh, that's such a great point. I, for the longest time, I always felt like, oh, I'm a terrible storyteller. And in, when I'm in a social environment, I never have a story to offer. And so now I actually seek out things not being perfect because I actually have something (sighs) to contribute and an interesting story. You're right. If things go perfectly. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) storytellers, if you, you study storytelling at all, right. Script writing, whatever, there's this constant theme of the hero's journey. And the hero did not wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to become a surgeon. And they became a surgeon. That's a boring story, right? They have to go (laughs) through some kind of adversity, getting kicked out of university. Like something happened along their way for them to become the surgeon. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if we think about it from that storytelling point, I think the reason why that's so effective is that of the generations that we've handed down these stories, it's always those stories that are the ones that make the most impact. And I think that's because we get the most benefit from times where it doesn't go according to plan. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Great point. Oh yeah. Now I'm like thinking back to some crazy stories. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have a storybook. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I should write more of them down, but hopefully they stay in my brain forever. Right. Um, oh. Well, we could talk about journaling. Go ahead, Renee. Yeah. Well, I, I want to weave in quantum biology. I don't want to run out of time to talk about this because I'm so like curious. Like To be honest, if someone said explain quantum biology or quantum physics, I would be like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer that. Um, yeah. And I feel like quantum, that word is thrown around a lot in the biohacking space. Mm-hmm. What does it really it mean? Is- Yeah. I mean, good question. Uh, Am I a quantum physicist? No. Do I have a very layman's understanding of it? Maybe. Right. (laughs) Like it's what we know about Newtonian physics, right? Force and mass and speed and all of those things. That goes a very long way of describing what's happening in our actual world. And in biology, that went to a point, but then there were things that we were observing in biology, such as ATP generation and the mitochondria that didn't quite add up. So the, for example, the uh, constituents that go into generating the molecule of ATP or adenosine triphosphate, the energetic representation of the ingredients of that molecule don't add up to the energetic representation of the molecule once it's fully formed. So in Newtonian physics, that would be a like mathematical model. Well, the mathematical models don't work in that sense. And so more recently, scientists have been turning towards quantum physics models to map that onto biological function. And what they're discovering is that there's a lot of quantum physics that's happening within the biological body. And that is how a lot of this stuff can be explained. So for example, the circadian rhythm and the sunlight that we were talking about and you know how those photons have an effect in the body, what we're starting to understand is it's not just the wavelength that is having an effect, but it's the actual photons that are coming in that are having a major effect in the biological function. So quantum biology is that study of where does quantum physics interact with biological function? 
And so people are starting to pay attention more and more to these very small particles like photons from the light, or I think they're called sonons, but don't quote me on that one, uh, sound particles that come through and sound vibration or even negative ions that are produced with water that is collapsing on itself or, or in motion, right? So crashing waves or waterfalls creates a whole bunch of negative ions. And those negative ions in turn have a whole effect on our immune system and our nervous system and how it's behaving and that kind of thing. So now we can start to actually explain why do you feel so great when you're at the ocean? <laughs> Right. Everybody I know goes to the shore and listens to the waves crashing on the ocean and they feel amazing. Right. Why do we feel good when we put our bare feet on the ground? And so now we're starting to understand that this is coming from quantum biology in that way. So, but once again, what I found was really fascinating to me because I'm a nature buff at heart. Like I prefer to be in wilderness than I do in uh, civilization, but I d- I'm that way because I feel better when I'm outside. I feel better when I'm in nature. I feel better when I'm touching trees and the ground with my bare hands and my feet. And now we know why. It's because of this quantum biology interaction that we have with not only our planet, but also the sunlight that's coming from the sun. And who knows, it's probably also stardust, but whatever is happening in that interaction, we're now starting to explain it through quantum biology. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great explanation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Go ahead. I, just following up, I mean, just being in nature, I was actually just in Yosemite a couple of weeks ago and mm, me not being gorge. a morning person, I was up at 6 a.m. doing like eight hour hikes. I'm like, where is this energy coming from? And I truly believe it was coming from the nature. Absolutely. In the air, everything. Yeah, around. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we know that plants give off something called phytoncides and phytoncides actually interact with our immune system and our natural energy stores and that kind of thing. So that is where the concept of forest bathing um, has come from in Japan is like getting ourselves exposed to these phytoncides that the plants are giving off. So I'm sure there's a whole bunch of this area that we don't even know about yet. Um, So it's really fascinating to me to see these uh, applications of quantum physics onto biological models. And we're starting to make sense of them. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Very cool. So I know we all align in this, like we are naturally inclined to seek out nature because we know how good it feels, but we all work with people that can you know, theoretically understand that connection, but don't feel it enough to have that pull. And so I'm so curious about the behavioral change or the pattern interrupts that help these people get to that point. And and just as an example, like Renee and I found out that we both like naturally don't make a lot of BDNF. And so it's not hard for us to want to work out because we immediately feel amazing when we do. Mm -hmm. Easy. A lot of people don't have that same metabolic pathway. So- I don't know any tricks up your sleeve to get people to well, I think to it, feel the good things. Yeah, I know, right? It's like people don't necessarily know what they don't know. 
And that's always a challenge is like, if you haven't experienced it, then you're not really going to understand. And I think that's what has led me to creating the wilderness reset retreats that I host each year is really setting up an environment so that people can actually be immersed in a natural setting in a safe way where they're not having to sleep in a tent and they're not having to deal with bugs and spiders and all that (laughs) stuff. But, you know, in a way where they are getting some time in sunrise, getting some time in forest, walking next to rushing rivers, for example, so that they can start to feel what that feels like. And then once they get a taste for what that feels like, then that turns into how can they start seeking that out in themselves? But it's, you know, it's tough because even REI has a campaign going on right now called, um, I think it's called Outside in Five meaning they're trying to make enough natural spaces available so that people can access a natural space like a park within five minutes of their home. And a lot of people in the United States don't have that luxury. And so, you know, it's like, how do we make getting outdoors easier? I think campaigns like that are really important because, you know, when we were not recording, we were talking about how we feel when we're in a city versus how we feel when we're in the outdoors and that push and pull between, you know, being in what I call concrete jungles or being coming into concrete. Like every time I go on a backcountry adventure and I'm surrounded by nature for a week or something, and then I come back home, inevitably, even though I live in small towns, inevitably I get this like existential, there's too much concrete I can't deal with it. Right. And so there's this like reestablishment that I need to get myself into when I'm in a more civilized version of society, Uh, civilized and finger quotes. Cause of course, what is, what does that mean? Really? Right. What does that mean? What are we seeking? Yeah. I don't want to be civilized. (laughs) But then again, like we were joking about the, the yurt in the Yukon, right. It's like, are we all going to be able to do that? There's too many humans on the planet. Like if we all disperse and spread out, then we're going to be having a huge impact on the natural environment. So I don't know what the Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. answer is other than creating experiences for people or having them try something just even as simple as like going to the ocean. If they can actually access that space, then they can get a feel for it, but it doesn't have to be the ocean. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about that like negative ion exposure, it could be a waterfall. It can be a rushing river. Right. It doesn't have to be ocean necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness, because the ocean's quite far from here. <laughs> right. And for a lot of people, that's true. I mean, there's people yeah. that haven't actually physically seen the ocean in real life. And so how do yeah. we get them access to the outdoors in a way that's beneficial for them? There's a lot of different environments and we can get kind of the same effect if we start to substitute waterfall for ocean, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Quick side note about that. Um, I was watching the Disney Imagineering documentary and it was interesting when they were building the Tokyo Disneyland, yeah. how they built the elements into the park. They had the waterfalls. They had the, I think, certain dirt and rocks. Like they built the elements in versus the Disney World and Disneyland in America, Americans no. didn't care yeah. about it. But in Tokyo, yeah. they knew for the park to succeed, they had to build the elements and and feng shui as well. Anyway, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, super that's cool. a much more intentional way of building uh, 
theme park, I guess, in yeah. terms of making sure that people are getting these aspects to it. Yeah. Japanese, yeah. they know what's up, man. They really do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The biophilia. This is just yes. second nature. Yeah. 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 Cool. So well, cool. I know we have to start to wrap up. We're running out of time, but Sheree, if you want to share a little bit more about your bio neuro blueprint, I believe is the title of, yeah. of what you have created. Can you share yeah. more about that? Yeah. So I have a program that I run a couple cohorts each year that's based off of this bio neuro blueprint. And that is uh, a process that I've developed over time of how do we instill change using the theories around psychoneuroimmunology and how do we make that change be permanent? And so interlaced in the bioneural uh, blueprint are things like neural rewiring exercises and those awareness exercises that we were talking about earlier and, you know, using that in a systematic way that can be repeated time, time and time again. And it's been a process that I've kind of put together and been experimenting with, with myself and clients over the last like four or five years, but now it's a real simple six step process. And so I teach that in a cohort that happens a couple times a year. And there's information about that on my website. <clears throat> and then I'm also uh, building out a microdosing integration course for people. So if they are unable to access like one-on-one -on -one coaching, this at least gives them an access to what are all the different elements to work with microdosing in a protocol. And that's available to people through a consult because we want to make sure that that's the right fit for people. There are certain situations where it's not a good fit. So that's available through booking a free call with me. So Yeah. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And we're going to stack our show notes with all the resources. So yay, we can find you every which way. Cool. Yeah. It was such a pleasure getting to talk to two other biohacking babes, which uh, it's right at my alley. So I'm super grateful that yes. I was able to come on. Oh, we're so yes. happy to spend this time with you. So we're yeah. going to finish with a final question. Can you share one, one piece of advice that people can start doing today? to optimize health, wellness, narrative, mindset, anything that comes to mind? Oh, gosh. I it, it, I sound like a broken record, but I, I'm telling you guys, sunrise. <laughs> Just yeah. build a sunrise practice. <laughs> like, if, if anything, go get the really pretty pictures, right? Sunrise, if there's clouds in the sky, you get these mind-blowing pictures. So just use it as an excuse to get yourself out. But I haven't found a practice that trumps it in terms of the number of checkboxes that fills off because you're getting fresh mm -hmm. air, you're getting a little movement by going outside, you're getting the sunlight, like so many different things in that one 20-minute period. So, and it's free and all you have to do is go outside your door, right? Don't have to go on yeah. a crazy hike, right? But yeah. All you have to do is go outside your door um, or open the window if that's all you can do. Like open up the window so that you don't have glass. Like that is by far, I have had clients come off of major monster drink habits just through sunrise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that impactful. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All Love right. Love that. Cool. Powerful. Greatest bang for your buck. Free. Yeah. Accessible. Huge. Yeah. Love it. That's our language. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Broken record. We need it. Yeah. We need it. Yeah. Thank you. This is so fun, Taraya. Thank you so much for being a part of our, our conversation today. 
My pleasure. I learned so much from you today. Really, I've really Ah, enjoyed this. Yay. Thank you. That's awesome. And and lots of food for thought for later today. That's right. Got my brain spinning. (laughs) Good, good, good. Good. So thank you. And thank you to everyone that tuned in today. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.